Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast with myself, Phil Smith, and List. And I'd like to welcome aboard this week, David Scriven, our Head of Institutional Sales, as Andrew is away travelling on business. So, David, good afternoon. And how are you, sir? Good afternoon, sir. I'm very well, but you draft me in at that crisis moment in uh, markets, but uh, makes it very exciting and very intriguing. <laughs> anyway, David, it, can... it uh, does indeed, does indeed. And we'd always welcome your wisdom. So let us know what has been happening in this last week. <laughs> well, hopefully I can give you some insightful uh, thoughts and comments. So <clears throat> looking back a little bit, US CPI, the core, in February was up 0.5% to 5.5, posing a tough choice for the Fed on rates with rising inflation. Do they go 50, 25, or no hike at all, as suggested by Goldman Sachs and the banking turmoil? Now, of course, look out for the ECB today because they have a similar dilemma in the context of contagion and uh, in the banking sector and Credit Suisse. Anyways, I wanted to focus on Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, And as I understand it, it was the go-to startup bank in the USA with a close-knit ecosystem of tech and healthcare companies and VC firms. VB presented themselves as the one-stop shop, providing loans to startups secured or unsecured by assets and treasury management, which was deposits. Larger banks were less inclined to offer services to startups due to the risk associated with companies at their stage of development. And by the same token, startups could get locked into clauses with SVB, which encouraged them not to hold their deposits elsewhere. The bank collapsed when VCs, who are periodically referees for VC loans, urged companies to pull cash from the bank. Withdrawal demand grew to 42 billion, that's 25% of their deposits, and an equity financing solution failed, leaving SVB forced to sell US treasuries at a loss. They borrowed short and lent long due to rising interest rates. In my career, I've seen this before with New Court Credit, and the investigators will be looking at why there was no risk manager for most of last year and whether more stringent rules on capital management should apply to those with into the category of 250 billion asset threshold. Notwithstanding this, startups will have a more challenging life ahead with banks that are more risk conscious with startups. Despite regulator intervention to avoid contagion, the market's unease has not been helped by Moody downgrading First Republic credit rating to junk. And Credit Suisse default swaps surged and its price tanked yesterday evening. The market recovered some of its losses into the close on reassuring news of the Swiss regulators signalling support for Credit Suisse. And this morning, as people will have seen, it has been announced that Credit Suisse can borrow up to 45 billion from the Swiss National Bank. So in the US, the VIX was up 2 to 26, and the S&P 500 looks to have support around about 3,800. It currently closed at 3,891. In the UK, um, post-budget, the UK Debt Management Office said it would need to sell 241 billion of government bonds in 23-24, the highest on record apart from 485 billion sold in 2021. 
Now, the DMO chief recognises the stress in the bond markets and will set the auction schedule to limit pressure on dealers. So therefore, the plan would be to focus on short dated gilts, the easiest way to raise large sums. Flipping back to the US and looking at companies and asking Phil's wise counsel, firstly, it's interesting to note, well, sorry, it was no surprise that the key um, carnage was in the financials, but a number of tech names had a positive day, such as Microsoft, Apple, NVIDIA, and advanced micro devices. And Phil, could you comment about Adobe? Because they had record Q1 revenues and the stock was up after the close. Yeah, they, they did indeed, David. And thank you for your for uh, yeah your wisdom on the markets. Uh, you know, very much appreciated as during a current sort of volatility. I mean, I you know on the on the tech side, it's really interesting. I mean, the Nasdaq um, is up twelve percent year to date, uh, and I was looking at the Sox as well. That's Philadelphia Stock Exchange, and that's up seventeen percent, and that's pretty representative of the big semiconductor players. So. You know, the market's kind of been absorbing what's been happening in tech and in cloud services and some slowing there and in, in kind of computer, um, you know, compute service spend, consumer electronics. But, you know, I've seen seeing sort of growth elsewhere in industrials, automotive, aerospace, other areas of the chip markets. So there's been a quite a strong tech recovery. And, um, you know, one of the plays is 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 Adobe. Um, the ticker is ADBE, and Adobe is one of the, the top 10 global software companies. And I think all of our listeners will know of Adobe, and they had uh, they had a quarterly quarterly result, results uptake. Now, their, <clears throat> their software is used to create, they quote, create, publish, and promote content anywhere. Well, my gosh, you know, documents, websites, videos, any, you know, labeling for products, anything to do with kind of imagery, um, Adobe is there as well. It's software is using it's pretty key to businesses, um, and they said that they they uh, achieved quarterly revenue of 4.66 billion, um, and that was nine percent year over year growth. And remember, this is dollars, um, dollar revenues. So there's no kind of you know, in terms of currency, massive impact. But they were saying it's 13 percent on a constant currency level, um, and their diluted earnings per share of 3.8 dollars and first quarter income wow i wish we had companies like this in the uk of 1.6 billion dollars and they were very positive on their on their outlook and uh you know the, the markets took that very well um if in terms of quarterly results we've got more coming over over the april period so we'll, we'll be looking out for those david indeed and furthermore on adobe i mean all their divisions were in revenue terms were sort of all basically up double digit i think so um really a a great um a great result um i wanted to actually flick on sorry not flick on move on to the um optical conference in the us and just quickly comment on that before i bring us back to home um the optical transport market is expected to grow three percent um to 15 billion in 2023 according to del oro Cloud and telecom customers are looking to vendors to embed more optics into their network infrastructure. There were plenty of announcements coming from Siena and Infinera in optical chips and Broadcom in co-packaged processors. Siena's wavelength six optical chip could help them sustain optical leadership and drive further share gains into the back half of the decade. They dominate market share and data center interconnect wavelength and definitely, I think, a name to keep an eye on. But we need to come back to home, I think. And if you can give us your wise counsel on Gresham Technologies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They uh, they reported their four year results. Uh, the ticker is GHT. 
market caps 132 uh, million. Uh, Gresham's uh, software is uh, used by uh, tier one financial institutions and uh, manages financial control. Well, very, <laughs> very topical this week, my word. Uh, risk management, data governance, uh, regulatory compliance and they have uh, 275 customers across 30 countries uh, during a the year they said they won 12 new name wins involving several tier tier one financial institutions um, and in may they announced uh, a big contract for their software their largest ever in fact uh, one, and this is for one of the world's quote largest commercial retail banks for 6.3 million pounds over five years. So a good contract for them. Uh, just in terms of their overall financial performance, uh, they have had upgrades to forecast during the year, which is a, it's a good thing. Uh, revenue was up by 32% to just under 49 million. Um, and their operating profit increased um, by three million pounds to 3.5 million. And I was just looking at the forecasts uh, for the company um, and it's forecast to make PBT of this is from Icon data of 7 million for this year and 10 million for next year. So this is analyst um, forecast for the company. So some pretty, uh, pretty good momentum there for Gresham. Uh, it is exposed to banks, financial services, but in the areas of risk. So given what has been happening, it's going to be an area that's going to be in focus, I think. Um, getting on to uh, something completely different, David, and not one I've looked at regularly, I must admit, but is clearly very, very good in its space, and that is Keyword Studios. Uh, it's market cap of £2 billion. Thicker is KWS, and um, this is all about uh, video gaming. Um, and they're involved in the video gaming sector and in terms of um, software that manages brand campaign strategies for games, trailers, marketing art, as they say. Uh, but also they've got external development say, uh, services for games developers and publishers, translation services. I mean, get, of course, these games are all international, used around the world. Um, and they said, and they, they, I thought this was really interesting, especially given kind of a lot of comments on computer, um, you know, consumer spend on stuff and, and on equipment and, uh, you know, just in general in entertainment. But they said that two, 2022 is an exceptional year. Their revenues are £691 million. Pounds. It's growth of 34.8%, but organic revenue growth uh, of 21.8%. Um, was helped by foreign exchange, but it's not specific about that nonetheless uh real thing of focus here is how much bloody cash and profit this business throws off it said their adjusted profit for tax was 112 million that's on sales of 691 million uh and a margin of 16 percent um and they also went on to comment um in terms of their cash generation which we always look at david uh, and their operating cash generation was 124 million. Uh, this is euros, actually, on uh, 691 million euros of sales. Um, and that supported some of their M&A activities. And um, they had spent 116 million on M&A and they still generated cash of 82 million pounds. So it was down just 24 million euros after, after um, all of the, uh, you know, the 116 million euros on M&A. So, Super set of results from Keyword Studios, and the ticket is KWS. That goes to the top of the watch list. 
I think uh, I think so. I think so indeed. You know, it's it it is. I can't say it is cheap. It's on a P of twenty five times falling to twenty three times, and I can't con estimates. But you know, you pay um, you know high PEs for high margins and high cash flows, and uh, you know quality of growth. So yes, that uh, that is one that uh, we don't cover it. Um, investors, you know, well, listeners should do their own homework on it, but uh, we think it's worth looking at further. Um, David, another company that we've commented on before, uh, which has had results, four-year results, is Midwich. Uh, ticker is M-I-D-W-M, so 394 million market cap. Um, a Midwich, it's not, look, it's not strictly speaking an IT company, but it's a big IT distributor. So we do look at this one pretty carefully because it kind of, you know, reflects trends in, in terms of, of what is being bought in terms of, of IT products. And they're a great, they're a big distributor of audio video, uh, audio visual projects. So this is things like, you know, big displays, projectors, sound systems, lighting systems, comm systems. So... The sort of kit that I mean, even in our in our little offices, Dave in London, we have plenty of flat screens for video conferences and the sound systems that are associated with that. So, so these guys distribute it, um, distribute that equipment. Uh, they work with all of the global kind of ma major global brands in the space, um, and they do this internationally. So, they had their results, their full year. Um, and they had said that they've seen product shortages easing. Now, bearing in mind, you know, the cost of shipping containers reducing significantly, and they'll be buying a lot of their products will be coming in from big consumer electronics uh, manufacturers in Asia and getting shipped in. Uh, they also saw, um, you know, resumption in live events and hospitality markets, and of course, live events and hospitality use lots of screens and sound systems, but also corporate uh, corporate market spend as well coming back, and that all resulted in. Uh, revenues up by uh, 41% to 1.2 billion. Um, and of, of that, there was 21% organic growth because they made an acquisition. Now, remember, this is a distribution business, David, so they make a margin on that kind of, you know, that gross revenue. Um, and they said the gross profits were stable at around 15%. Um, and they generated a profit before tax of just under 25 million, uh, up from just under 19 million. Uh, last year so actually that was a pretty good uh set of numbers for midwich i thought don't know if you saw that one david i didn't but thank you for bringing it to my attention it sounds very interesting right and we of course we are diverse in what we look at um and this uh that we have results from a little smaller company this is called mti wireless uh, the ticker is MWEE, 53 million market cap. Uh, they had their full year. This is an Israeli-based technology company. Uh, it's been listed for um, for quite some time, actually. I, I remember covering this quite a few years ago. Uh, but there they, yeah, they're their full year, full year numbers, uh, and they produce products um, primarily it's uh, antennas. Um, so this is, you know, it's wireless applications in terms of like microwave access, um, but also, you know, wireless products for the uh, for military and uh, commercial, as they say. Um, and they produce, uh, I think it's wireless technology, but it's to do with the water industry. I'll have to look a bit more closely at that and what that does. Uh, but they're saying during that four-year period, they saw the revenues were up by 7%, 46.3 million versus 43.2. 
um, and their operating then operating profit was uh, increased by four percent to four point six million from four point four million um, earnings up by three uh, percent. Said that they were seeing things like you know five G is driving it. Yeah, five G back also. This is from the base stations into the main ground network. They're seeing that as a big driver uh, in the Indian market. Obviously, they are benefiting from defence spending as well. So that was uh, MTI Wireless. And I guess, David, one to finally end on, and this is a company that we saw uh, during the week, and that is Ensilica. And I'll just cover that. So Ensilica is a semiconductor design company. The ticket is uh, ENSI, market cap 54 million. Um, and they announced uh, during the week they'd placed um, two million pounds. Uh, they raised two million pounds at 70 pence. Uh, this company IPO'd at 50p, raised six million last year. So we met them for the first time. Um, and I've got to say, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with this one, David, because it's, you know, primarily it's a silicon, it's an ASIC design house. So it's a silicon chip design house specializes in application specific integrated circuits but it doesn't just design the chips it actually acts as a fabulous semiconductor company in that it designs them it outsources the manufacturing um, and then they're tested but it, and then it ships them on to customers so it actually supplies semiconductors um, and they'd early reported something that andrew and i discussed in a podcast they'd had interim results to november um, where they'd uh, revenues of 8.6 million, um, which was up 24% on the prior year, and they had an adjusted EBITDA of 0.7 million versus a loss in the in the prior year. But this this company is interesting because it's exposed to automotive, uh, particularly electric vehicles, uh, in industrial markets, sensors, uh, and healthcare and satellite. And you know, during its last year, during the interim period, sorry, it announced. We're always looking for this, you know, wins in new business. And it was across automotive, industrial and satellite comms. Uh, and that included a $30 million contract for a European industrial OEM. Um, and it had two contracts with existing European customers, including an automotive one. And then I think subsequent results, it announced a 5 million euro contract um, for satellite terminal um, for, for its broadband chip technology. So, yeah, really interesting business. And um, I'm quite delighted to meet that for the first time. So I was in silica. Yeah, no, I um, I looked at the company uh, prior to you gentlemen going in to see them. And unfortunately, I couldn't attend that meeting. But what, what was your impression of the management team? Well, we met with the chairman uh, and he, I, look, I was, I was quite impressed because his background is in finance uh, with an understanding of technology. And I think that with growing any technology, you know, the, obviously the guys, the board are very, they've got very strong semiconductor backgrounds but the board is a balance between finance and technology which is super because you need the finance guys you know they do need to understand the tech but they also do need to manage all of the you know the expenditure as the company grows because with a te with the technologies like this you've got you know potentially international markets and quite a lot of different markets to chase so you need to be quite focused in the approach and it also can take, you know, when you're accelerating a business like this, you, you need to invest in development and that needs to be managed as well. So you need quite a keen mix of, of, of understanding of technology, obviously, to have a market leading product, uh, but also know how to sell into the, you know, the end markets and recognize potential markets. But you do need that balance of financial 
um, control in the business as well. And I think they've got a nice mix of that within this business. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was quite impressed with the chairman, I must have been. Well, that's great. I mean, the other thing that uh, I was looking at, but I'm not sure, so I could be mistaken, but uh, I got the impression that um, of the business model, consulting and IP and design and supply, the de- design and supply is um, now beginning to overtake consulting and IP in terms of revenues. Does does this skew margins higher because that business got higher margins or is it kind of equally balanced? I can't answer that one specifically, David. You got me there. But I think, uh, you know, logically, uh, looking ahead, the more business that they win for the pure um, fabulous uh, semiconductor business, you know, supplying the end chips, the more they win, the more that will drive margins because ultimately the design work, consultancy work involves you know, a lot, lot of man, more manpower or lady power, you know, you paying more for labour, whereas, you know, once you're getting supplying of volumes, you see a, a greater drop through uh, in terms of the profit. So, yeah, actually, you know, thinking about it all, yeah, it should expand margins going forward. That's great. There and we the other, go. The other company, if, if you had time, uh, was, I think, again, it could be mistaken, I think you saw uh, Pulsiv um, and... Um, they raised 1.6 million to support scaling its patented electronics that increase efficiency in solar cells and battery chargers. And uh, I think you saw them recently. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is oh, look. This is part of um, Frontier IP, um, um, and we act for we act for Frontier IP Group. Uh, the ticker is FIPP. Uh, the market cap's 37 million. And I've, this is a company I've known for, for a long time. Frontier IP um, holds stakes, equity stakes in 17 tech companies, and Pulsive is one of those. Um, and Frontier actually earned those equity stakes by working with earlier stage tech companies uh, that are mainly kind of spin outs from, from UK universities. So these are companies, tech companies that are IP rich. Um, it, get, it gets involved very early on and helps them develop and commercialise their technologies. Um, and as I say, Pulsif is is one of those those equity stakes. Now, quickly, Frontier had its its interim results, so it'd be very remiss of me uh, not to <laughs> not to comment on those. Firstly, um, and in their in their first half, which is uh, um, going to look to this was it November, I think. Uh, their interim period, but uh, they saw the NAV of their portfolio up by 4% to 88p, um, and their cash rise to 5.8 million. Um, But, you know, these results come off a very strong comparative period last year, um, when they actually saw one of their portfolio holdings, Excientia, which is AI for drug discovery, um, undergo a NASDAQ IPO. Um, and so they realised they'd unrealised profits on the investments that they hold in that, but actually they did dispose of some of the equity uh, that they held in it as well uh, for 3.4 million, uh, 3.4 million cash uh, gain, which shows how powerful you know their model can be, um, and you know some of their their ability to pick winners. And one of those winners, I do think, that sat in the existing portfolio is Pulsif. Um, they've developed a very you know highly power efficient um, inverter uh, semiconductors and these are you know that it's not the, the chip it's the software they've developed that, that uses but 
basic processor chips to run it, but this software they developed um, for power supply converters because it's highly efficient um, it saves significant energy um, in the power supplies and lowers costs um, and the market and markets for this are pretty significant particularly in um, solar arrays including you know improving the power output for those but also for consumer electronics products in saving energy and ultimately if you are saving energy um, in consumer devices you're reducing consumer spend on their their electricity and business spend on electricity in the same vein with solar power the more you can you know, the more efficient it is and the more output they get from the solar cells the more beneficial that is for the for the solar operators so a pretty exciting business this um, it's still early stage, but they've already, you know, they've got products out in the market. They've signed a number of distribution agreements. Um, they've entered a strategic agreement with um, a company called uh, Salom, S-A-L-O-M, which is a global manufacturer of power supplies. So still early stage, um, really exciting tech company, part of Frontier IP's uh, portfolio and, and, a, and a good example of the kind of things it has in that portfolio. So that's, uh, you know, Frontier IP group. Sounds great. Yeah, so there we are. So David, um, I've, I've got to say, it has been one of those weeks, uh, especially in terms of the of the markets. But you know, hopefully, we've given our listeners a, a little bit more background on what's been going on, um, but particularly in the in the technology space as well. And those technology markets seem to be doing you know doing pretty well under all circumstances at the moment. So we'll keep our listeners abreast of that. Um, you know, of events in the space. If our listeners got anything they'd like to discuss, any ideas or companies that they want us to suggest, please, please get in touch. And David, listen, I thank you so much for joining us um, this week. Um, hope we get the opportunity to, to, to chat again. Always a pleasure and thank you very much. Thank you, David.